The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. If you'd like to participate, you can always follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA. And my guest, Charlie Warzel. You can follow him at C Warzel on Twitter. Charlie, you had a fascinating last 10, 11 days of your life following the Alex Jones trial down in Austin, Texas. Um, I did. Welcome to the broadcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. How in the world are you? Um, are you making out okay uh, with Alex being that close to Alex for 10 days? Yeah. You know, it, it was honestly, everything about the last 10 days has been incredibly surreal, but also um, really illuminating in a way that, you know, I, 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 I almost, I don't know if I expected <laughs> to be honest. With really? You. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think, you know, the, the reason why myself and a, a gaggle of other reporters kind of showed up was really around this premise of um, uh, Alex's lawyers hinted at a, a defense of his custody of his three children under the um, under the sort of guise that everything he's done in his professional career has been political right. satire and we should performance art. and we should, I just a, a quick reminder that this was a, a custody battle that uh, the, the jury came back uh, Thursday night late. Uh, with the verdict and it was a custody battle to do with their three kids and alex right. had custody but he was uh had he had uh, they had joint i'm sorry they had both had joint custody but alex had control and was able to divvy out the time that the wife got to see the kids and so right right so then this trial was for her to a get full custody or joint custody with her having control of the kids Correct. And the judge ruled uh, on the second of that, granting right. her joint custody with the ability to uh, dictate residence. And this is going to be, you know, to, we'll get I, you know, before we get to uh, the trial. I mean, I saw one of her posts, uh, one of the uh, feeds after the trial where she talked about parental alienation syndrome. I mean, right. if that's the case, if you, I mean, if you actually believe that and we've seen it, uh, you know, I mean, I do kind of believe it. Um, the, uh, 
you know, it's going to be tough because the other the parent who's had the kids has just driven the other parent right into the ground. They didn't even want anything to do with her. Right. You, you know, the the whole sort of um, one of the the main premises of of this was that uh, I, I mean, a a as as most of these custody things are, you know, they are both. Yeah, they don't like each other. Very nasty, and <laughs> and also in a way, you know, very sort of ordinary in the sense that you know you're dealing with sort of like the general issues of you know of parents and their kids and the conflicts and the you know the right. alliances and and, and grievances. Yeah. So, it, it, but um, but yeah, the the parental alienation um, sort of charge against Alex was 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 really kind of borne out sort of without saying so of, you know, his, his personality that, that we know in, in his public life. And that leads us right right, back into what what they were going to do, uh, how they were going to uh, uh, defend Alex for this trial. Right. Yeah. And and so his, his his legal team's defense was this performance art political satire um, defense, or that that's sort of what they foreshadowed uh, right at the start of the trial and uh, and so that's really what led, I think, a lot of the media, the national media attention. You know, I, I came down and didn't really expect it to sort of blow up as big as it did in terms of interest um, from the national media. But I think what the alluring question here was, was can, you know, can we sort of under oath get to see a separation of Alex Jones, the person, and Alex Jones, the professional, and yeah. how much of this stuff does he really believe? Yeah, because I mean, for a long time, uh, having been a uh, having been a, a fan of Alex, and I say fan, not really a fan, but more as a, a looking at him as a sideshow, um, that uh, you know he would. I mean, his belief was, "This is me, this is me," and so for him to have to say in court that it wasn't him. I mean, that puts a big cringe on his business. Yeah, there was this real, um, it was sort of a, a, a situation that if, unless you were trying to, you know, settle a dispute over, over your, the custody of your children, you'd probably never find yourself in a situation where right. you would have to, where you'd have to, uh, you know, argue that your, your career was based on something different. But right. I think that he, you know, that line sort of really disappeared after the first couple of days of the trial it it's alex sort of issued a very uh full-throated defense of Infowars and what he does he claimed 95 percent of it was hard news and that about you know five percent is this satire which the media cherry picks and uses to you know dismiss him as as a lunatic as a um uh-huh. you know, as a far fringe figure. Right. And I, I can say as someone who for my job has to watch a lot of Infowars, I, I don't know if I agree with that, with that. I, I certainly don't. I'll guarantee you that, but he got lucky with, uh, the judge taking away the merging of Infowars and himself. Right. I mean, she made that split that we can't that they couldn't use in court. Infowars had to be separate and Alex was separate. So he kind of in my my estimation, I mean, he got lucky because he didn't have to make that statement. Then he was able he was able to say all the time, hey, uh, Infowars is completely separate. So, I, you know, it's real. Leave me alone. It it was honestly, uh, I think, a really big shock to um, 
to some of the uh, the I legal bet. professionals involved and, and a lot of people who reached out to me in, uh, you know, who were lawyers who dealt with family custody cases not related to this sort of saying it's almost unheard of for someone's professional life uh, right. to be taken out of context in, in, a, in a custody trial. I mean, that's the whole point, right? I mean, the point is, is that you're unable to uh, care for the children uh, because you do this. Right. And, and, I, and I think that, you know, it's not even, I, I understand with the, the initial impulse of, um, you know, you want to leave politics out of it. You don't want to say that, you know, so-and-so has these, these, you know, views about who should be an elected official. And, you know, if you're a Trump supporter or if you're a Bernie supporter, that means, you know, you deserve X amount of hours with your kids. That's a, that's a, you know, a very sort of hairy and sticky proposition, right. which the judge rightly wanted to, um, to, to keep out of. But I think the, the, the general exclusion of almost anything having to relate to Infowars under the, uh, under the justification that it's a political show, um, really sort of, you know, uh, sort of s- strips away a, a lot of, of what you, of what you can, you know, learn about and, and level at, right. at Alex, who's, right. who's, you know, he's somebody who, if you spend a lot of time watching him, you see he broadcasts, uh, you know, videos from home or while he's driving in the car, he sort of, you know, he doesn't have that nine to five work life balance that, <laughs> that, you know, some people right. might have his, right. his, Work and his life are are very much intertwined. And in, and in, look in today's world, and and uh, you know somebody will say no, that's not right. But I'm I believe in today's world, if you're in the media and I, you know the evil media, um, it is that way now. It isn't go to the office and sit down at the desk and say good evening. It's six o'clock. Time for the news. Uh, it just you know that just isn't a person's life anymore. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, he has, he has made a, a real name for himself yes, he has. over the past two decades, being somebody who has sort of this, uh, monomaniacal obsession yep. with, and 24 seven with it. That's right. Yeah. I and mean, Infowars, you know, has that sort of, um, this is going to sound wrong, for them, but it has that sort of CNN sort of cable news feel with, you know, the, the high production value, the constant, you know, updates, the always going live. No, I mean, uh, that's what they were, that's what they were going for. Whether, you know, just, just never mind the stories or whether you believed it or not. I mean, that's what they wanted that 24 seven feel. And we're here for you 24 seven around the globe. I mean, that's the deal. That's his life. It's really, right. it was really, exactly. it, it was hard for me to understand that as well. And uh, I am in no way, you know, I only pretend to be an attorney. I'm not even I'm close to being. <laughs> um, so, what's your biggest? So they they. I mean, beside that, we talked to the. I saw some uh, quotes from. Uh, you had an opportunity to talk to a couple of jurors. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And uh, we caught up with them last night outside the courthouse. Just just a few, um, and and their sense that I got was was that that Infowars really wasn't a factor in this trial in, in the sense of, you know, the judge got her, got her wish, the court got its wish. Um, and it was, it was unclear how many of the jurors, uh, going in knew of, knew of him. Uh, the juror 
the one juror I spoke with said it was a, you know, a roughly equal split of people who are somewhat familiar and not. Wow. But, um, but, but that, that deliberations really actually took so long. It was a nine and a half hour deliberation, which is abnormal yeah, for, a long for this time. kind of case. Uh, it took so long actually because they, uh, they both, uh, the jury thought that both parents were actually pretty adequate uh, guardians and they wanted to make sure that they, they got that right. So it's really, there's a real disconnect that I noticed between sort of the narrative that had to play out inside the courtroom and what would happen when you would grab your phone and check on Twitter or see, you know, what people were commenting on outside. It was, it was a real, it was a real split. Alex is sort of this villain out in the world and in the courtroom, he was presented as this dad who was, you know, devoted and perhaps, you know, a little, uh, colorful but a little colorful but he's but, providing but, for his family and and the, he was right. a good dad yeah right. and you know look it, do i want to give him the benefit of the doubt no <laughs> but you know it is possible i guess you know, it, you know i think that these things are 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 very um i think that they're very complicated and i think that you know it, it's it's actually a very uh it's a dicey thing to to delve into somebody's uh, family matters in this way, but I, I think I think at the end of the day, there really was actually a, a bit of um, the, the trial p- proved instructive to people who wanted to know more about him, and right. and especially to know more about whether he's the man that he is on camera when he's off camera. I think that I think that we actually saw the people who who stuck it out with me for the for the full, uh, the full nine days really saw that he, he maintains a lot of the same characteristics when the cameras aren't rolling that he has on air. Oh my gosh. Which leads you to believe that it isn't a show. Uh, Charlie Warzel from uh, Buzzfeed who, uh, covered the, uh, char- the, uh, <laughs> Alex Jones trial, uh, Charlie, uh, down in Austin, the last uh, nine or 10 days covering the, the Jones trial, what was your i mean that that's a fascinating takeaway when the judge said that you know try we're we're going to distinguish between no info wars and uh and Alex away from info wars well i mean during the trial he was posting stuff on info wars which was going against the gag order right there yeah so you know that was the, kind the of a was kept the press was kept kind of in the dark on that to some degree. We, we did get some uh, snippets if we leaned in close enough to the, the lawyers when they had to approach the bench talking about it. Okay. And it, it appeared that sort of in the first, um, you know, the, the real media storm around this hit um, on the night before the trial when uh, the Austin Statesman, the, one of the local papers here, um, sort of broke the story that his lawyers were going to, you know, use this. Right, use this um, defense. This performance art defense. Right. So... You know, then the sort of, you know, Stephen Colbert ran with it and uh, and sort of, you know, he became sort of like the butt of the Internet and TV, late night TV jokes. Um, so, you know, Alex is someone who when he's in the news, he has to respond. Uh, he has right. almost, you know, a it's like breathing for him. And I think uh, that, you know, initially he put out a couple of or I know he put out uh, two initial videos calling, you know, the, the claims outrageous and saying it was a media attempt to discredit him and <laughs> that he is who he is. And, you know, I, I'm 100% real, baby. 
And I think that uh, he was admonished for that. And and so those videos kind of uh, took a different turn. They stopped being about the trial necessarily um, and, you know, mentioning custody of his kids and sort of focused more on, I'm Alex Jones, I'm, right. you know, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm a target. It's, it's all on me. One of the things that came uh, from this trial that I found uh, very fascinating was uh, the profitability of Alex Jones's company. Uh, more people involved with this damn Infowars and making millions of dollars, uh, I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> I, you, you, um, I, I don't know about you, Charlie. I mean, maybe you're doing it right, but when Alex Jones and the wife and the mom and dad are all making millions for selling uh, tree bark supplements, I'm doing it wrong. Conspiracy uh, is good business, I think, is, what, is one thing that we learned here. I, you know, there was, um, I, I believe at one point there was a, a, a report of, you know, roughly $40,000 a month or, or something to that degree, some, something very, very high being being paid to his ex-wife. Well, plus he gave um, her, he gave her, I think in the initial divorce, there was reported that uh, he gave her an, a $3 million on top, 3 or $4 million on top of that, right? Plus the, yeah, plus the and, 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 a, and a few a few numbers uh, a few numbers trickled out, including uh, at one point um, uh, Alex's parents uh, both testified uh, on his behalf and and mentioned that uh, the quote unquote family business, uh, which is a which is a, a great way I think to refer to Infowars, yeah, no uh, the family business um, netted them a couple of million of dollars millions of dollars, um, and that's just you know the um, his parents. Uh, I think right. his father has, has some stake in the, in the business, but, but it does sort of speak to the sort of, you know, um, Infowars' finances are, aren't, aren't, uh, public and he is, uh, he's placed those things pretty close to the vest, but it yeah, gives you funny. sort of these glimmers of insight into, um, yeah, I mean, I know I, I get the plan. I mean, I get the plan, all the, you know, all the product that advertises on his radio, TV, internet, and website is all his product, and so that product, you know, just rolls back into the company. I got, I got the plan. I'm just doing it wrong, and I feel like an idiot. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's still time. There's still time to, uh, <laughs> to start hawking the supplements. I think. So. Dad, is that you? Um, <laughs> Charlie Warzel from uh, BuzzFeed. All right, Charlie. We, you know, Alex. Alex is back to being Alex Jones, and uh, he can pretend once in a while that he's really bummed that. Uh, he didn't. Uh, he doesn't have the uh, joint. He had, doesn't have his kids. Uh, the wife tells him when and when he cannot have the kids. But he'll be able to eat, uh, you know, as much chili as he wants and forget how old the kids are whenever he wants. Which was a great piece from that. It was a very surreal moment to uh, to hear somebody claim that their uh, short term memory had been erased by. Uh, by some uh, five alarm chili, right? Yeah. It was. Just, it was certainly we were we were kind of agape in the mouth agape in the courtroom <laughs> when we heard that. Not sure if it was uh, something that we'd misheard, and it turns out uh, turns out to be true. Yeah, was it now when uh, in the courtroom? I mean, he had talked about that in a deposition, right? You didn't remember what how old his kids Correct. were, or whatever. And then who asked him about it in the courtroom? Um, one of, uh, one of one his of attorney. attorneys, right. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, started, yeah. started the, um, um, one of, one of the attorneys was, um, was a sort of a fierce cross examiner and, and the, and the real, um, sort of drama came from, I, I believe his charge 
um, was to sort of throw Alex off of his game and sort of to rile him up. And, and he started the uh, Alex's cross-examination uh, asking him, uh, you didn't have any uh, chili this morning, did you, sir? And Alex shot back, is that a joke? And uh, and then um, the attorney sort of went into the, the deposition anecdote. And, yeah. and it really sort of, uh, it started him off on, on a note, um, a very surreal sort of ridiculous note, and it only kind of, increased from there all right charlie warzel from buzzfeed so what's next on your agenda whose trial you're going to sit through now well uh, you know i'm not a i'm not a court reporter get out of here of what kind. and uh and and it's it was incredibly fascinating i don't know if i'll be sitting through uh any more trials in, in the very <laughs> near future but um you know i i've at buzzfeed we've always kind of been uh you know, one of our sort of hallmarks is is being on the on the sort of the the cutting edge of new um, sort of internet movements, and and I've I've spent the last yeah. probably six or so months, you know, really kind of digging into the, the rise of of sort of new pro Trump media and and the figures and the personalities there and and in the you know the the financials and the right. and the the relationship with the white house and i think that you know that's one of the sort of biggest stories of 2017 right now oh, yeah, there's this, no doubt about that but listen i mean i mean our, so our president said uh, just the other day that he didn't realize that the you know job was going to be so hard so you know it's good he's at the helm anyway it is this is a pretty this is a pretty wild interview there. <laughs> Charlie, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. I know it's Saturday. I'm eating up some of your time. You had a busy last nine or ten days, and you want to get some rest. So, Charlie Warzel from BuzzFeed uh, at C Warzel uh, on Twitter. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Two thousand seventeen is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. The Jeff Fisher Show is on. That it is. Welcome to it. Thank you so much for uh, Charlie Warzel for stopping by and talking to little Alex Jones. Uh, it was good to talk to him, and we got some a little inside information uh, about Alex Jones that was fascinating. We also, uh, a little bit later on in the program, we'll uh, air a little bit of the Alex Jones post-trial press conference, which had some fascinating information. Next week on this broadcast, I am excited. Next week, we're going to be broadcasting from the Kentucky 
Derby. The Kentucky Derby. I am excited about going to the Kentucky Derby. I had an opportunity to say yes or no, and when I said something to my wife, my wife was like, oh, you're going. Apparently, she's in love with going to the Kentucky Derby and wearing the hats and sipping mint julep. So, fun we will have at the Kentucky Derby broadcasting live next week right here on the Blaze Radio. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Sure. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Coming up immediately after this broadcast, Lawrence Jones, then Mike Slater, then Joe Pags, all rounding out your Saturday and brand new spanking programming on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for coming along for the ride. And then, of course, Sunday, you've got uh, David Barton, Bill Handel, Jackie D. Then Monday through Friday, Doc Thompson, Glenn Beck. Who's that other guy that comes? Oh, yeah, Michael Pelka. And then uh, Chris Salcedo. And then uh, Pat and Stu. Oh, yeah. And then Buck Sexton uh, ends the evening. Nine to midnight central on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, you wonder about how robots are going to affect your lives. Well, in Spokane, Washington, harvesting Washington State's vast fruit orchards requires thousands of farm workers. Thousands of farm workers. Where do they come from? Oh, I know. Other countries. They're illegally working in the United States. What? Well, now they have robot pickers. The robot pickers are going to be working. They don't get tired either. And I will say that. uh, No, I better not say that. The robot pickers don't get tired. They work 24-7. And that is what's coming around the corner for you illegal aliens and for Americans that just won't do the work. Now, that having been said, it was going to come around the corner anyway. Even if you were an American that said, hey, I'll pick apples, I'll pick oranges, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. No thanks. We have a robot here that won't get tired and continue to do it for 24 hours a day. Just pick them, okay? So have a nice day. We will need someone to pull the weeds in a couple of weeks, stop back. But these robotic pickers are what's coming. This is Washington State. When I lived in Florida, same thing. Uh, A lot of times the workers who most of the time are less than legal uh, here in the United States, they just they just travel from uh, you know place to place around the country when it's harvest time. So you go up north, up to the northeast, and you pick blueberries, and then you come back into the Midwest and you pick whatever is harvesting, and you go back out on the West Coast and you do that. And but now, eh, eh, no need for that. Robot pickers, and so maybe, maybe, uh, especially with the lack. We I talked to someone here in Dallas Fort Worth in the Metroplex that. 
his father's company. Uh, he has a, a landscaping company, and they had to cut customers, cut customers after the first of the year because so many of his workers who were less than legal uh, did not come back from Mexico. So, I mean, he did not have the workers to do the work, which, you know, proves the rhetoric is working, but it also is taking a little bit of bite out of crime and taking a little bit of bite out of capitalism for uh, businesses around America. So uh, even in any state, Washington, Maine, or Florida will feel the effects of that and soon to be, you'll be driving by those fields and those orchards and you'll be seeing the robot pickers. Fun, fun, fun. And speaking of Florida, ChuckInFlorida.com is on the broadcast. Hello, Chuck. Greetings from Florida, Jeffy, where I am sporting my brand new Talking Walking Dead t-shirt. Nice! Yes, Very and I'm nice. tweeting out a picture right after the show. It somehow didn't upload, but I've got it. I'm the man today. Uh, we didn't give that to you for free, did we? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Okay, good. <laughs> man. No, in fact, um, I, I hate to complain on the air, but uh, it took quite a while to get here. Yeah, I, I have a story about that, and there were some issues. For those of you that uh, had to wait, I want to say I apologize. Uh, yeah, I appreciate accepted. you. Uh, I didn't apologize to you. I was talking to the other people. I'm sorry. Um, they, uh, there was an issue between uh, financing and the T-shirt people. Oh, you ran out of money. And, I get it. Uh, okay. It's kind of a it's kind of a Ponzi scheme <laughs> that we're running on these T-shirts. Right. Right. And uh, so, uh, I, and I don't know the whole story. I just know that the lady who takes care of the T-shirts said that she uh, had become frustrated, and I. <laughs> I questioned why she was frustrated in an email, and then she wasn't frustrated anymore. So uh, she unloaded on you, huh? <laughs> I, I mean, I got uh, amazingly not long after the email, there was uh, funds to purchase the T-shirts. Very nice. So well, uh, it was just quality, it was just a mix. Very up. well it was just, done, it was and just, I love the graphic. It was just a there mix was up. Awesome graphic on the front. It of the was t-shirt. just a mix up, and the graphic was actually. Uh, you know, my wife did that. I got to give her props for that. Otherwise, the real Mrs. Did, Jeffy did that. did that graphic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She loves it. She was happy with it. And, she did uh, a great job. I, I showed my wife and she was like, wow, kudos to Amber. That was awesome. Well, listen, and I want to be sure that you realize now, I mean, you might not know this yet, but that's not real blood. What? T-shirt. I know. I know. I, I want a refund. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I, I spent long hours working on zombies last weekend, and again, this afternoon, we got more zombies. For what? what Did you, you hear about on? the contest? Huh? What are you working huh? on? Did you hear about it? Tell me the contest. It's a Florida story. Does that, does that help? Just tell me the contest. Okay, the contest. BMW had somehow acquired Daryl Dixon's bike. And we had a contest in Florida to see what filmmaker could make the best BMW Walking Dead commercial. What? It was a fun day. Did you, you had win? a bunch of volunteer filmmakers and actors show up and get see, made up. That's a problem. Everybody, everybody we poured blood all over everybody, and we shot a commercial. It was awesome. What was? The and com- we might win a bike. <laughs> if I get the bike, I'm taking pictures. Just saying, I'll, I'll send you pictures. That's the best I can do. When do you find out if you won? Uh, this evening, as a matter of fact, Will we're you? going to Sarasota BMW for BimmerCon, 
is the uh, hashtag, and we will be uh, displaying our video. It's on Facebook and uh, YouTube today if you do the hashtag B-I-M-M-E-R-C-O-N. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud because Robo we had Pitch. probably one of the best teams I've ever worked with, and they all volunteered an entire Saturday. That's to make a problem that work. right there. The whole, this whole volunteer thing is starting to piss me off. Well, come on. That's supposed Florida. to volunteer. You know, we, we're to work we're not for exactly money. paying filmmakers down here. That's a good point. Yeah. That's kind of a good so point. So I have some so other you, interesting have you seen, Florida news if you should be interested. I might be in a minute, but let me. I'd like to ask you a couple more questions about your By stupid means, thing. About your stupid BeamerCon thing. <laughs> So, have you seen any of the other ads? Um, shall we say the competition was light? Really? Not, yeah. Um, so, are you throwing down the gauntlet saying you're going to win? Not not kind of like uh, doing a neener neener in your face thing, but uh, oh yeah, we got some really good wow. quality film on our side. And, uh, TuckinFlorida.com. You know, the other guys did down. nice. They, they, they put forth an effort. You know, I'm not going to badmouth them <clears throat> much. Wow. <laughs> so what do you win if you win? We win a 40000 va- valued at $40,000, uh, actually uh, Walking Dead shown and ridden by uh, Daryl Dixon, his, his old bike. They're going to give you the bike? We are, we are getting the bike, yeah, if we win. Look, that's where Daryl's butt was. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. You charge people to sit on the bike where his butt was? Yes. I was butt to butt with Daryl Dixon. <laughs> you can hashtag that butt to butt. Make it a butt contest. to butt Daryl Dixon. That's yeah. just what I needed on my uh, uh, Facebook and Twitter feed. There yeah. you go. It's all you. You're welcome. I'm Thank here. you. I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you got for me? So, today, one of my new favorite stories I just found as I was uh, coming on the air. Catch a Florida Python, win a T-shirt. <laughs> really? You know, That's just so people cool. realize, the Python is not native to Florida. These dumb butts who go out there and get this, this massive snake as a pet, they usually buy it when it's a cute little baby, and they put it in an aquarium, and they feed it mice, and they think it's cool, and then it's 15 feet long, and they don't know what the hell to do with it. So they set it free. And it, it's just pervasive, especially in the Everglades and the swamplands. And so Florida Wildlife Commission has, for the last oh, several years, sent out people on a python yeah, hunt. On a python hunt. Yeah, they do that with gators, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, but they actually license the guys with gators, and they sell you know the, the uh, uh, tags and so forth. But the, <laughs> you got to love Florida. Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission has announced Monday that it's launching the Python pickup program in which anybody who captures a python in the wild can simply submit a photo of the snake he or she caught in order to win. I think Each I just got a sign. Snake. I think I just sorry. got a sign. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. I I I, I just got, I got a sign that right. th- I could actually win something today. While I'm talking to you, I look up at the television screen and right. there's Burt Reynolds telling no, me stop. telling me that I have an opportunity to win a fully restored 1977 Bandit Trans Am. And yeah. I, I mean, come on, that's a sign, right? That is, that is totally a sign. It's a sign. It's a 2017 Bandit Dream giveaway, and there's Bert. And in, 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 Bert, I know, is your hero. And uh, I mean, with you on the air talking to me, and I see Bert Reynolds on the screen. I mean, that's a sign. He's going to so, give you an autographed hat. He's going to autograph the Bandit. I mean, those. Uh, it's a sign, right? I can win. Do we have to submit a video or something? Can we use the same one, the Daryl Dixon butt one? Sure. Why not? 
I'm sorry, I, can, I, I cut sw- you off because you were so mad out. at the you were so mad at the 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 Python people. <laughs> no, I think so it's stupid. a great contest. You know, every 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 amateur snake catcher gets a Python pickup T-shirt and has entered in drawings for prizes that include snake hooks, custom engraved Yeti tumblers, Plano sportsman trunks. GoPro, GoPro cameras and Badlands backpacks, according to a news release. That's kind of cool. Yeah, plus, the n- next month, you have a chance at winning a $100 gas card. I mean, come on. Gas is gas, right? And when you're running around in the Everglades... So I get this stuff after I get the Python? Because it would seem to me to get that, you need that stuff before you get the Python. If, if you're going to give me a snake hook, you know... I mean, and a and, GoPro. And show, right. Right. It would be it would be sensible if you equipped your teams with this stuff, but no, right. anybody can enter. It says, uh, <laughs> where was it? The the quote here was, um, uh, he contended that it would be smarter for anyone who spots a python to call the wildlife agency hotline and let a professional catch it. <laughs> yeah, it's possible that you might be a smart move. Yeah, he says, uh, a, a Bill Booth, who is a python, a Brandon based python hunter, who was featured in National Geographic, said. I'm pretty shocked that they would allow somebody to do something like this. Are you, Bill? Bill's only kinda, shocked because you're taking sorta, business away from him. Right, right. And they doesn't have the wild ge- uh, geographic team out there chasing him uh, and showing how he picks up snakes. That's great. So I see a headline uh, earlier this week about uh, something that I'm very familiar with, uh, mm-hmm. and that is uh, xylophones. First time uh, ever a defendant has been charged in connection with a xylophone rage incident. This is this is pretty fascinating. I mean, are you, do you know about xylophones? I I'm very familiar. Okay. I, I actually played percussion in high school and uh, got to, to to tinkle the uh, ivories there. And uh, okay, well maybe more like wood, but they were uh, yeah <laughs> they were xylophones abounding. And according to investigators, Floridian. April in Carcion, 43, was collared earlier this month on domestic battery after police responded to a residence in Fort Walton Beach where she had taken a pot of grease and poured it on the male victim. Now, luckily, this was cold grease that she dumped on him. Oh, but, well, uh, yeah, I, I was thinking this is going to get really nasty, yeah. but no. Yeah, the victim had wet spots on his T-shirt and shorts, and there was a puddle of liquid in the ground, and uh, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> she poured a bucket of cold grease on him? And apparently she went that to do? jail for $3,000 bond and confessed to the attack, but she was also um, so she, outstanding on a contest plea to f- felony charges of battery on a police officer. So she she threw cold grease on this guy for what again? He wouldn't stop playing the xylophone, and she asked him twice. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? You've been told. I told you again. Now you get the bucket. I asked nicely. You didn't do it. I'm asking one more time. You didn't do it. I'm going to pour a bucket of cold grease on you. (laughs) Who has a bucket of cold grease just laying around? I'm, I'm wondering. Well, I mean, everyone does. That's what you cook with. In Florida, in Florida, if you have bacon grease, now that's you know good for making biscuits. It's good for the pan, whatever you have it for. It's just handy to have around. And for but, those of you that uh, have buckets of grease on your stove or in your kitchen, don't get caught pouring it down the pouring it down the the drain oh, the, outside on the street. The, the drain is on the side of the street is man, a bad place. For man, that. they get uh, they get mad when you do that. Yeah, you you didn't get like fined or anything for that, did you? 
They get mad when you do that. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. This is The Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. A couple of uh, breaking animal stories from this past week. Uh, one was a huge fake news story, and it's everywhere. The wild boars overrun Islamic State and kill three militants. You know that's fake news. That story is too good. It's too good. It's too perfect. And it uh, it it's fake news. Wild boars... Everybody, oh, it's so great. Drop bacon on them. Yeah, ISIS. Kill ISIS. Sorry. I don't buy it. And then we had the rhino on Tinder looking for a little bit of love. And uh, he uh, he's looking for a little bit of love on Tinder. And I love his uh, his Tinder profile. Uh, is uh, pretty this sweet. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.